Given how tragically hard we find it to speak to women on the show, it is a genuine delight to welcome writer, director and producer Nancy Myers to Soundtracking. Nancy is one of the grand dames of Hollywood. Having earned an Oscar nomination for her original screenplay for Private Benjamin in 1980, she's since been responsible for a string of commercial smashes, including The Patent Trap, Something's Gotta Give and The Holiday. Indeed, her second film as director, What Women Want, was at one stage the most successful film ever directed by a woman, taking in $183 million in the US alone. Her latest project is Home Again, for which she assumed the role of producer for her daughter, Hallie. The film was scored by John Debney, and it's one of his cues from the movie you can hear playing now. What with being one of the undoubted queens of the rom-com, Nancy has worked with several legendary composers over the years, from Bill Conti and Alan Silvestri to the inimitable Hans Zimmer. We'll hear plenty more about them in a bit. But where else could we begin than with Carol King? Nancy Myers, it's a pleasure to have you on Soundtracking for various reasons. A, being a massive fan of your work, but just getting ladies on here to talk about film is brilliant. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, I love this new film that you're involved in as a producer, your daughter's first feature film, Home Again, which straight in there with a musical connection, the Carl King. And Hallie told me that she got the title from a 70s station on the radio one day and that song coming on, she went, that's it? Yeah. That's it? I know, she told me the same. And it's <laughs> funny because somebody recently said in a review of the movie that now there's no way that her mother didn't introduce the idea of Carol King to her. Never. I mean, yes, she knew I liked Carol King, but I was not in the car with her that day <laughs> yeah. when that song came on. Sometimes I wonder if I'm ever gonna make it home again. It's so far and out of sight. did you give her when it came to how she approached music in this film? Because she was a first-time director, although she's very aware of film scores and a student of them in some ways, it was the first time it was her screenplay and her words and how easily the wrong instrument, the wrong tune can change the tone of a scene. I always say it's like added dialogue to a movie. So, you know, we spent a lot of time with John Debney, as you always do with your composer. 
But, you know, I, I did find that I was helping her a little bit there in saying that they're writing a score to your movie. You're allowed to say that doesn't sound right or I wish you could pick the pace up. You know, sometimes the scene feels slow and the music can help you with the pace or don't try to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Let the actors be funny. Because some composers, you know, they do all kinds of movies. And, and sometimes, uh, especially if they've done some animated movies, they start to get funny with the music. Yeah. And that's not always so great. When you were writing Private Benjamin, was music part of that conversation when the three of you were kind of talking about it and writing it? No, to be honest with you, we were so focused on getting it made. You know, we had Goldie in mind, we were writing Getting Goldie for it, and the music was not something we were thinking about at the time. We rewatched it recently, and it's just... Bill Conti. Oh. He was great. So great. He was great. He was a really terrific composer. scores for 70s movies that Hallie listened to a lot and was inspired by. And she was playing Bill Conti for our composer, the Unmarried Woman score. Yeah. She loves that score. in in her movie Home Again that's sort of a riff off of, of an unmarried woman theme. <laughs> 
Amazing. Yeah. That's a great, I love that connection. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. remember a film or a piece of music that really stuck with you as a film fan something that you thought just worked brilliantly whether that's a contemporary piece of music or whether that's mm -hmm. a, a score that's stayed with you that you think is a great example of when El Postino beautiful I you know the score just killed me just killed me through the entire film and I've listened to it so many times And there's a piece, um, or, or it could be Cinema Paradiso, there's a piece in Halley's music that we sort of had in our, I think she picked Cinema Paradiso as a more conny piece that we put in in our temp. And the great thing about doing a temp is it guides the composer. They don't have to imitate it, but it, it, at least it's, um, it's a sense of what the director wants yeah. here, you know, quiet or orchestral or, you know, it's guitar or whatever. And she put that in and um, it's just anytime I hear either one of those scores, I just kind of disappear from where I am. Transport. <laughs> you to get transported, yeah. yeah. I really find it interesting and I love the honesty that music can bring to a film as well and I, I heard you talk about a great story with regards to something's got to give and sometimes you have to make hard decisions and think you're in the edit suite and it just didn't feel right. Yes, I think you're referring to the, the original score yeah. that was written for it. Yeah, every day I go into the scoring stage and think, well, maybe it's me or today will get better and 
by the time we were done, the head of music at the studio where I was working said, I don't think the score is helping your movie. I mean, she was very honest with me, and I said, I don't think so either. And she said, give me a day. I'm going to try to fix this. And so she came to me the next day, and she said, do you know Hans Zimmer? <laughs> and I said, I know of Hans Zimmer, but I don't know Hans Zimmer. And she said, um, he's got something he wants to play for you, and if you like it, he will write you a new score. Because I think you need to have seen the yeah, movie to yeah. write a score to it. She said, um, I've shown him some of it. So I went over to Hans's studio, which in itself is an extraordinary experience. Mm -hmm. And um, he had this little room he sat me in. I mean, we chatted and met. And then he sat me down in just a simple kind of car chair. And he was sitting at a keyboard and he said, I have something. I really like it, but I don't know if you're going to like it. If you like it, I think I could help you. And so, of course, I'm sitting there crossing all fingers and toes. And as he started to play, my eyes filled up with tears. And it was as if he was inside my head. And it was really one of the more amazing, it was just this enormous gift. So when he turned around and saw me crying, <laughs> he thought I hated it. And he tells me all the time that it was like the worst turnaround moment of his life because he turned around and there's the director in tears. He was about to apologize when I said, I couldn't love it more. It's exactly what this movie needs and it sounds like the movie and it sounds like their characters and it sounds like the story. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen next because we had a week. A week? We had a week to get a new score. So, you know, composers take months and months to write. Oh so all hands were on deck, and I almost, I feel, I feel like I moved into remote control. That's his place. I mean, we were there because I was still working, and so I'd be working during the day, and I would be there all night with Hans and a few people that helped him do it. And at the end of the week, we had that score, which I think is tremendous. It is. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. yeah. It it's really You can't picture the movie no. without it, right? You really can't. I know.
How do you know who's the right person? You say it's about conversations prior to you filming? Well, you know, I'd worked with Alan on three movies. I did two with Hans. Or did I do three with Hans? Three with Hans. Holidays come. Oh, yes, that's right. I did three, of course. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. I knew it wasn't two. I, I knew when I said two, I was slightly <laughs> off. I knew it wasn't one, so thanks for helping me. It was three. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I haven't made that many movies. So I've worked with Bill Conti. We had done two movies with, so I like to work with the same person if it's working out. Yeah. So, yes, like, like with Hans, you know, he would get all of the dailies of the movie. You know, I would offer him the movie. Here's the script. Do you like this one? And then he agreed to do those movies and so he was on board I didn't have to interview him I knew him but who would know the fact that he came in and rescued me I think part of why he ended up doing something's got to give is because he I think he liked that I was a damsel in distress I was a damsel in distress I was a director in distress anyway yeah and I think he really enjoyed the whole idea of he didn't have months to think about it because he's one of those guys that likes to, you know. Challenge. He does like a challenge, but he also likes to procrastinate a little bit and worry about it and talk about that he's not ready. And, oh, no, now I only have a month. And, you know, and I think he paints himself into a corner and then writes like a genius, mm-hmm. you know. So in this case, it was, you have to write like a genius tonight. <laughs> you have to begin now. And I think that was kind of fun for him. So it's funny because if I had met him ahead of time in prep, who knows if we would yeah. have gelled or he would have felt he was the right guy. Of course, I would have wanted him. <laughs> I have a massive crush on him. I mean, I love him. We've had so many people on the podcast who've worked with him who all just gush about him. Yeah, and, he's gushable. Um, and Guy Ritchie talked about Hansylvania. It's when he goes to Hansylvania. <laughs> it's a to... bit of a bordello on there. It's very red and velvety. Yeah, exactly what yeah. he said, with all these weird things hanging No, it's the a wall. mad professor's lab he is, of he's some a mad sort. scientist, isn't he, really? Here's what he is he's a filmmaker. In one word, he's a filmmaker. And when you work with him, at least when I work with him, he has me sit with him at the keyboard and we watch the movie together. And he says, now direct me like I'm an actor. Tell me what the scene's about. Tell me what you want this to be. And at one point he was noodling around and I just grabbed his arm and I said, Hans, you just have to think like a woman here. <laughs> and he loved that direction. Yeah. He's Mel Gibson basically yeah. for 20 minutes. <laughs> Once in a while, yeah. <laughs> writing do you do you surround yourself with music at all yes I play a lot of music not so much for character but for the tempo of the scene I'm writing yeah if it's a love scene I play certain kind of music (laughs) and sometimes I was playing U2's song beautiful just to start writing every day on one of my movies I can't remember which one it's a beautiful Beautiful day beautiful day sorry that's right yeah it would just start my day it was just an anthem to get me going yeah, sometimes I'd play the same song so many times in a row that had anybody heard me, they would have really committed me. Like, she cannot be playing that song again. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. 
wrong, but just qu- quickly going back to Private Benjamin, and I love the success of that story and the, you know your Oscar nomination for, for that film, quite rightly so, should have won. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, Thank you. But Goldie and how attached she was to that project and mm-hmm. how... I heard you see someone phoned her up and said, this is going to ruin your career or something. Yes, the head words. of one studio called her and said, Goldie, I love you. I have to tell you, if you make this movie, your career is over. <gasps> over. And she called me right away. This is before people email when they actually spoke to each other. <laughs> she called me and she said, guess what, so-and-so said. I said, well, he's dead wrong. He's dead wrong. I said, that's his problem, you know, because there you are in a wedding gown at the end of a movie, hitting the groom in the face and walking away and throwing your veil into the air. I said, you're... You are, we are making a big statement with this movie. You are, and I think that you did that way before other people had the chance or had the voice. I think you kind of started a conversation and you opened the door for so many people with that film. Thanks so much for saying that. Well, we were lucky because we had the opportunity to make the movie, and I wrote it with two guys, actually, and they were totally on board with the thinking of that movie. It wasn't just coming from me, but I mean, I suppose it was in the zeitgeist in the air, but we're, we were lucky that we got to make a movie as opposed to a, an opinion piece in the paper or something, you know, we got to reach a lot of people. Through Heart as well, and just that portrayal. It's such an iconic role. So iconic. Goldie's part? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. iconic. But are, are, as are these other fantastic female actresses that you've worked with and roles and, you know, Diane who obviously directed, but also that role that you wrote in Baby Boom, which Mm -hmm. was just, I watched again recently. And then I was telling Hallie this morning, I was in Glasgow last week and put the telly on and What Women Want was on. I was late for where I had to go because I couldn't not watch the end of the (laughs) film. It's one of those films. It's kind of like, it's amazing. And working on the score for that with Alan Silvestre, who, who also did Parent Trap as well. What was that experience like? Absolutely wonderful. Alan has a huge imagination and, you know, the movie has a fantasy element to it. Mm. Obviously, something happens to him that does not happen in normal life. And Alan's the perfect, you know, it's getting the right casting. Now, you wouldn't think Hans Zimmer from Gladiator might be the right guy to write Something's Gotta Give in the Holiday, but he was. And now he found something in it that he related to and responded to. So it is a bit of casting, getting the right composer for your movie, and Alan does that kind of work so fabulously. orchestral and he'll go very big and personal and at the same time yeah. he can do intimate and big and uh, the nicest person and, and I, he did Father of the Bride with us too
Do you play? Do you, are you musical at all? Do you play anything? I play nothing. Okay. Um, I sing a lot. I'm not very good. <laughs> so I guess I'm not really organically. I guess organically, I, I feel I am. You have a reaction to music. I feel I am yeah. in that. I know in a, in a scene that I've written and directed, I know if the music's hitting it spot on or mm. I know if we have to start over or I'll know, you know, in my own kind of clumsy way, I'll say, I'm not sure a clarinet is the right instrument, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or do you think it should be guitar? Like, mm -hmm. it should her theme really be fluty? Is that too yeah. girl? You know, I, I know I can say those things, but when can you... I sit down and play what I mean? No. <laughs> you can speak it, you can't yes. just play it. <laughs> When you're writing and you're writing a part, and that part is a musician as well, which you have done. Uh, with Jack Black. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love Jack Black. Yeah, I he love Obviously, him. he's a musician himself yes. anyway. How did you come to that in terms of exploring Hans. that world? Hans. He's Hans. It was, it was the Hans experience. It was the fact that that one week of intense work that he, and he had a, a few people help him on it, because you can't really single-handedly do it. So he would write some themes, and some other people would help orchestrate them and things. But that week, they were all men, uh, but I fell in love with every guy, and mostly with Hans. So the men just have big you know, male crushes on him, but mine's yeah. a more legit thing, I think. <laughs> so seeing that, I didn't have to romanticize it. Someone that could compose, and you know, when Jack plays for, for Kate Winslet and plays her theme for her and gives her a theme, like she's a character in his life and he wrote a theme for her, you know. I was so enamored with them and their talent that I wanted to make a character you really based do. on one of them, yeah. You really do write what you know. Yes, oh me? Oh, completely, <laughs> yes. There'll be no movies from me that take place on Mars. Yeah. Okay, here it is, Arthur's theme. I think this is really good. I'm serious, I'm making him a CD of this tune. Every time he hears it, it should give him the confidence to walk right out there. Okay? Yeah. Here we go. Did I steal this? John Williams. I didn't write it, why? Okay, this is it for real. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Little Arthur in the Nights. I also wrote one that sounds like you. You did? Iris, if you were a melody. I used only the good notes. Also loved was hearing you talk about the fact that you really create a lot of backstory for your characters. Yes, you, I do. I spend months on that, and it doesn't really always come into the movie. Like they don't mm. one day say, and then that time I had that job or where I went to school. But I'd like to know that, so I know how they got to where they are in scene one. And how often would you say that you are writing specifically for an actor? Often. You don't always get them, but for me, if you picture Steve Martin saying a line, is quite different than if you're picturing. Jack Nicholson say a line. 
it would be written differently. Yeah. And sometimes I get them, the actors that I've been thinking about. I think you've done pretty well, to be honest, the ones <laughs> that done, I can think of. Yeah, about. I've done well. Yeah. yeah. You've done really well. Not always. You know, you can't yeah, always I, get them because they're scheduled. They either it doesn't appeal to them or the schedule doesn't work. Or But it, when it works and you actually get them and then you really hear them say it, you're like privately, you know, <laughs> yes. just so happy what about when it comes to needle drops so to speak and, mm-hmm. and the kind of contemporary music that's, yes. that's used within films is, is some of that written into the script sometimes like I knew in What Women Want I wanted an all Sinatra score and uh, at first I was told we couldn't afford it so it became Sinatra and Sammy and Dean when an irresistible force such as you an oh immovable object like me you can bet as sure as you live something's gotta give something's gotta give something's gotta give And then we had our first preview, and it previewed really, really well. And the head of the studio came up to me, and she said, maybe you need more Sinatra. I said, I would love more Sinatra. <laughs> Have more money. <laughs> yeah, that's, I've never yeah. heard that before. It's yes. normally the opposite. No, you can't have Guns and Roses or whatever, yeah. but this is great. Yeah. I've got you under my skin. I've got you in the heart of me so deep in my heart that you're really a part of me I've got you under my skin yes I've got you under my skin And then you look at something like Something's Gotta Give as well mm-hmm. when you're talking about Well, and, and then in my mind there it was French music. She would always be playing French music. Yeah. Mon Dieu, que c'est lâche, que c'est fâcheux, quelle tragédie, quel tracas. Mon Dieu, que c'est vache, mon amoureux est reparti là-bas. Mon Dieu, que c'est triste, il m'aimait si peu. Moi, je l'aimais tant, je crois. Mon Dieu, tu t'en But I got help with it. Randy Poster helped me find some of those great songs. I mean, I always have a music supervisor. But I imagine when you say that you only write about what you know as well, that music's got to connect with you that's in your Oh, for sure. Well, Well, writing something's got to give. I listened to French music in all of her scenes where she was listening to French music. You Mm -hmm. know, you become them. Ce soir, 
Le vent qui frappe à ma porte Me parle des amours mortes Devant le feu qui s'éteint Ce soir, c'est une chanson d'automne Dans la maison qui frissonne Et je pense aux jours lointains Que reste-t-il de nos amours Que reste-t-il de ces beaux jours Une photo, vieille photo de ma jeunesse Que reste-t-il des billets doux Des mois d'avril, des rendez-vous Un souvenir qui me poursuit sans cesse Bonheur fané Cheveux au vent Baisers volés Rêves mouvants Que reste-t-il De tout cela Dites-le-moi I love the yeah. um, Sister Sledge and Private Benjamin as well We are family You're singing. I like to sing. I'm a horrible singer. I was trying to think for a minute when they're all dancing. Yeah, the director picked that, though. We didn't pick that. I was going to ask if you're not directing the film, but obviously you've written it and you're producing it. Do you still get involved? Well, Hallie's movie I didn't write or direct, but I was very involved in helping her select the music. We didn't have the budget I'm used to, but I still feel that the needle drops are great. But in Private Benjamin, no, Howard Zeef really did that. Yeah. not making more mo- of any more movies actually really yeah i've said that in that three nice. interviews now and everybody's okay and then about the interiors and they go right over it and i keep thinking wow it's really has of no interest to them whether i make another movie <laughs> you're the first person that's reacted thank you so much you made me feel so good thank you well that's what you do for us in the cinema What I do is I love watching your films with my mum. Oh, that's nice. Because there's always an element of family as yes. part of your films. Yes. And that's something I always take away. Yes, I write more family relationships than friends. A lot of people give their lead characters a best friend. I give them a daughter or, you know, yeah. or a sister. Nancy, thank you so much for your time. Thank so you. Great to this chat was such a you. nice and original interview. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Cheers.
the soundtrack to Home Again, that's Musica del Alma by the TNT Boys, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Nancy Myers. My huge thanks to Nancy for taking the time to share so many lovely stories with us about the music in her work. Her daughter Hallie's directorial debut Home Again is on general release around the world now. You can find a track list for this show via edithbowman.com, which is also the place to catch up with all of our previous episodes and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And please do spread the word if you like what you hear. Now, we've just spent a fair bit of time talking about Hans Zimmer and it's safe to say he'll feature prominently in our next show as I'm joined by Denis Villeneuve, the man behind arguably the cinematic event of the year, Blade Runner 2049. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then.